hey, we're really excited to be here this evening, and uh, we've got a great, great night ahead of us. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about choose your kingdom. You have to choose which kingdom you're going to be part of. See, you're, you're born, when we're born in this life, we're born into this world system, and it's a fallen kingdom. It's the kingdom of darkness is what we're born into. It says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all conceived and born in sin. So our default, our default kingdom is the kingdom of darkness when you're born, unless you're born again into the kingdom of the Son of His love, according to Colossians 1, verse 13. So today we're going to talk about you have to choose, you have to choose which kingdom you're going to be part of. You're going to be part of a kingdom. You just have to decide which kingdom you're going to be part of. Now here's the challenge. As a member of the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of light, or the kingdom of the Son of His love, right? According to Colossians, you can still choose to kind of operate in the kingdom of darkness if you want to. Even though you're part of the kingdom of the Son of His love, the kingdom of light. If you're not careful, you can actually participate in the kingdom of darkness. That's why the Bible says, have no part or no participation in the evil works of darkness. So don't be part of that kingdom of darkness. What does it mean, kingdom of the light and the kingdom of darkness? If, if you decide that you're going to take revenge and you're going to get even with somebody, and you're going to do it yourself. You're just going to get them. At that moment, you are operating in the kingdom of darkness. Because the Bible says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Do not repay evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. See, that's the kingdom of light. But the kingdom of this world, or the kingdom of darkness, says an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You do me bad, I'll do you worse. That's what, the, that's what this world says. But we as members of the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of God, we cannot operate like that and expect to be blessed and expect to have peace. Whenever you operate in revenge or whenever you operate in darkness, your peace leaves. There's no peace in revenge. We're going to go over a few scriptures, and then we have a really good report from our friends in Pakistan. And um, we're going to do that in just a minute. But I'm going to go through just a few scriptures before we do that. The first scripture is Matthew chapter 5. Starting with verse 43, it says, You have heard it said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Verse 44, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those that curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And then here's the, the next verse 45, it says, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. See, that's the way God operates. He blesses those that curse. He prays for those that spitefully use and persecute. It says, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. 
You know, Jesus said to his disciples after he rose, and it was in John chapter 20, he said to them, if you forgive anyone's sins, they'll be forgiven. But if you retain the sins of any, they'll be retained. Now, what does that mean? How does that work? If, if you forgive, they'll be forgiven. If you, if one, one translation says, if you remit or if you release. I like that, that translation that says release because it has a, a more obvious connotation that if you release someone that has hurt you, you say, I release them from any wrong they've done me. You know what happens when you release them? Somebody say, what happens when you release those that have hurt you? You get free. When you release them, you get released yourself. See, when you forgive, that qualifies you to be forgiven. And when you release, that's when, it, that's when you yourself get released, is when you release them. When you remit, that's when the, 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 the sting of that hurt go, gets pulled out. The stinger gets pulled out when you release them. In John, I'm sorry, in Acts chapter 7, we're going to read a story. It's in Acts chapter 7. And it's, it's an interesting passage of Scripture because in, in this particular passage, this is Saul of Tarsus who was taught at the feet of Gamaliel. He was the Pharisee of Pharisees of the tribe of Benjamin. He was perfect as it related to the law. He knew the law inside and out. He was the Pharisee of all Pharisees. This was Saul of Tarsus. And he was persecuting the church of Jesus Christ. He was going from house to house, dragging people from their houses. He was having people killed. He was persecuting the church of Jesus Christ. Now, when Stephen, who was one of the first deacons in the church, they chose in Acts chapter 6, they chose men full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. So, in other words, if you're a deacon, I see a couple deacons in here, you're full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost, right? All right. These guys were deacons in the first church, and they were full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost, and one of them was Stephen, and he was preaching to, he was preaching in the synagogue, and as he preached, he told them what they had done to Jesus. He told them how they had crucified the Lord of glory. And it says that they stopped up their ears, they gnashed their teeth, and they screamed. I can just see them going, la, 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 or ah, and they ran at him to kill him. They were kind of upset. It says, when they heard, this is verse 54 in Acts chapter 7. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. They gnashed their teeth at him. But he, being filled with the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. They cried out with a loud voice, stopped up their ears, ran at them with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Interesting. 
And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he knelt down, he cried out with a Lord with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep or he died. They killed him. Right before he died, he said something super important. He said, Lord, do not lay this sin to their charge. Do not lay this sin to their charge. Just like when Jesus was being crucified, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. See, he released them from his own murder. He forgave his murderers while they were murdering him. Think about that for a minute. Stephen forgave his own murderers while they were committing murder to him. It's interesting that the person that was overseeing the whole murder, the stoning that happened there, the person was Saul of Tarsus, who later, one chapter, two chapters later, on the road to Damascus is confronted by the Lord Jesus and he says, why do you persecute me? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul receives Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He becomes Paul, who, by the way, writes over half of the New Testament. It's interesting that I believe that I believe it's no coincidence that both of these things are recorded. N number one, Saul was the persecutor and probably the, the worst persecutor of the church of Jesus Christ at the present time. And yet, when he is committing and overseeing and authorizing murder, Stephen forgives him. And that opens the door. And a short while later, the one who persecuted the church becomes the number one apostle of the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout all of Asia. He preaches and he ends up giving his life for the gospel. And he preaches all over the then known world. Why? Why was he able to do that? One of the things that, one of the things that contributed to his call was the forgiveness that Stephen offered him while he was murdering him. It was that Stephen chose to be in the kingdom of light even when things were all going the worst they could possibly go. He chose to operate in the kingdom of light. He chose to forgive even when it cost him his life. He still chose to forgive. And that opened the door for the gospel to soften a hard man, a hard religious man named Saul. It softened his heart and he was able to receive the gospel. It's amazing how we react when things are going poorly around us. How, how drastically that impacts those around us. You may not think that people are watching you, but when things don't go your way, I'm going to back up. Anybody can act like a Christian when everything's going your way. Amen? 
Remember that old, that old um, song? I, I think it was the play Oklahoma. <clears throat> I'm not a singer, but. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. And then it goes and it goes, everything's going my way, right? Well, it's easy to live for God when everything's going your way, right? It's easy to live for God when things are, everything's going your way. Oh, everything's clicking. Oh, everything's going great. Oh, it's awesome. It's great to be alive. It's great. Oh, it's great. Anybody can live for Jesus then. What happens when the wheels fall off? That's when people watch you. When the wheels fall off and everything's going to you know where in a handbasket, that's when people are watching and they're saying, let's see how he handles this one. Let's see how they handle this when everything's going badly for them. Let's see if they still operate in the love of God or if they decide they're going to operate in the kingdom of darkness now that things aren't going their way. Ouch. Is it, is it uh, ouch or is it oh me or is it oh my? Or... Seriously, when things don't go our way, that's when we find out and that's really when we can be the best witness that we are. You can shine your light the brightest when it's the darkest around you. And we don't like this. We want everything to go our way and we want it to be sunshine and daisies all the time. Me too. I love it when it's sunshine and daisies, all right? But sometimes it's not sunshine and daisies, but we still have got to decide to operate in the kingdom of light. We have to choose that we're going to operate in God's kingdom. We're going to operate in his truth no matter what happens. Even if things aren't going our way, we have to still operate in the love of God, we have to still, why? Because the love of God's in us and you can do it. It's possible. You really can. No matter what happens, you can still operate in the love of God and the kingdom of God. You know, Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12 is a um, fantastic passage of scripture. We're going to grow there quick. Starting with verse... Let's see here. Verse 17, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If, it's, if it is possible, as much as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all men. Do not avenge yourselves. Rather, give place to wrath, for it's written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you heap coals of fire on his head, and do not, overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, and that's what the gospel is. It's overcoming evil with good. And sometimes it looks like we're losing. But you know what? If we stay in the game, we can win. And ultimately, we always win. We read the end of the book, and we win. Even if they kill us, we win. Hello? We still go to heaven, Right? I mean, that's the bottom line. No matter what happens, we win. It's just in this life, sometimes things don't always go the way that you'd like them to go. Now, last week, I shared about a situation that was very dire, and our friends in Afghanistan were 
stranded, the, the people that were being rescued, there had been a, a one of the facilitators had been killed um, by, the, by the bad guys, and <clears throat> there was a bunch of people stranded in the mountains, and we didn't know what to do to help them because they couldn't communicate with telephone or they'd get found by the signals, and they were stranded up there. They didn't have any food, and I asked you all to pray with us, right? You remember that, and you were there here last week. You remember, and some of you have already talked to me and said, what happened? And so what I have tonight is I have with me wise John and his father, he, he is, he's one of the, come up, just come up. I don't want to say what you are or who you are, just, this is wise. He's the man. So he's going to tell you about what happened. This is wise John. Give him a warm welcome. He is our friend. And uh, he's going to tell you what happened with those people in the mountains, Okay. So greetings and blessings in Jesus' name. Uh, like Pastor Bernie shared, my name is Wise, and we have been working with Rest Life uh, since three months. And we are working um, in Afghanistan, trying to evacuate as many believers, non-believers out. And I'm very delighted to share that in the last 10 weeks, we have evacuated 1,913 people. And yeah, praise God. And majority of these people are uh, believers and some are non-believers. And we have got out some lawyers and um, a lot of widows, orphans um, who left behind. And my heart is so filled with gratitude. And I, am, I want to thank you personally for stepping up. Thank you for praying for these brothers and sisters, for these children, and telling them that they are not alone. Thank you for loving these forsaken families and for, for showering your love and support on them. Because about 10 days ago, we lost another team member. And last week, Pastor Bernie shared with everyone and told the church to pray. And so I want to tell you that there was about 15 uh, families in this group who were left alone after our brother in Christ died by Taliban, and these 15 families were forced to go back to their homes because they had no other way. And two days later, after our team reunited again, we decided to get these 15 families out, and we gave them the time and the location to meet the team members there, and 14 of families able to make it to this anonymous location, and one mother and daughter couldn't able to make it. The daughter has Down syndrome, and she was really sick that night, and the mother was taking care of her as she was throwing up, so she didn't able to join the other 14 families and left behind. A few hours later, the Taliban's came in this anonymous area and started doing random checking. They knocked on her door and told her to open the door because they want to check. They want to check inside of her house. She let them in and they started searching her house and found a pocket Bible in her house. And they filled with this rage and anger and told her to, to bend on your knees because we are going to execute you. 
and she bent on, bent on her knees. And this guy, he took his gun out, put on her forehead. And as he tried to pull the trigger, the gun jammed. So he, he slapped on this woman's face. And she fell down on the floor. And this guy took the rifle from his companion and pulled, and pulled on her head again. And the second time as well, the gun jammed. He was really, really angry. And this time, he took the biggest weapon they had from the third companion, AK-47, if you're familiar with that. And he pulled this third gu gun, this rifle on her, on her forehead. And this third time, the gun jammed as well. And, and as this woman who is witnessing this all, all of a sudden started screaming, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And these three Taliban who are watching this all, they dropped their weapon and they ran away. And I have a little video so you can hear from her own words that what she experienced. It's a long video, but I trimmed it to 14 seconds. Um, if you can play this video. So she's saying in this video, do you know why the guns jammed on her? She said, because Jesus was standing there. And she could see him. And Jesus, that's why she was yelling, Jesus, Jesus. Because he was standing right there. And she, she's saying that he, he said to me that ask them, these three Taliban, to kill and I will watch that how they can hurt you. Because I am here, I am standing here. So I want to tell you that when you pray, God moves. And God, I know that there is a lot being bad happening in Afghanistan as well. Women being stoned and people being hanged, beheaded. But today we are going to focus on what God is doing in the midst of all this chaos. And he, and we are witnessing some incredible kind of revival like we have never saw before in Afghanistan. And there is another story uh, I would like to share of a young boy. He is about 10 years old and Two years ago, he lost his both ears, his hearing in a bomb blast because the blast happened by his house and it was so loud that he, he couldn't, he lost his hearing. And the doctors told him and the doctors told the parents that it's impossible case and it's not going to work out and he has to live without ears and he cannot ever hear again. And we able to rescue this family, and he's been living in Pakistan. And about oh, four days ago, five days ago, uh, we are providing these uh, new believers Bibles as well, audio Bibles. So his mother was listening to this audio Bible while he is uh, laying on her lap. And she turned the audio Bible on and just started listening Bible. And all of a sudden... This eight years old, he started jumping. 
he started screaming to her mother that he could hear. He could hear what she's listening, and God just gave him a new ears in that instant moment. And we are, we are been ex- witnessing this, this miracles, this testimonies in mighty numbers. And I want to encourage you all to please not stop praying, because when you pray, God literally moves mountains. He, he literally leave his throne, and he reach out to these people and listen to their cries. I'm going to interrupt and just say, listen, did you hear what he said? A little boy was deaf. And what, one of the things that we're doing through Wise and through the organization, Little Treasures, is we're shipping those boxes that you see. They say Res Life on them because they have food, they have blankets, they have supplies, and they have audio Bibles in their own language, which the two languages are? Dari and Pashto. And they get the Bible in their own language, and that's what they're listening to. So while he's listening to the Bible, his ears open up, and Jesus heals his ears. Now give God some praise. (laughs) I can't stand this quiet when good things are being talked about. (laughs) So go ahead. Sorry for interruption. (laughs) Yeah, so I would like to take this moment and... I want to thank you all for stepping up and for, for standing with the people in Afghanistan because as you can see the pictures, uh, we have completed 10 evacuations so far and uh, the church has the rest life and you guys have been supplying food supplies to these people and uh, we are not just getting out the believers who are new converts or Christians but non-believers as well because it's giving us an incredible opportunity to reach out to these new brothers and sisters in Christ and tell them that, that how much God loves them. You know, it's a great opportunity to win these lost souls. And over the last three weeks, in just last three weeks, from eight camps we have been running, we have reports and the names and the pictures of 235 people who repented and received Christ. And... And a couple of them even are like extremist Muslims who used to be known for their um, speeches, which can cause a lot of anger and rage in the society. And God encountered with them as well. So thank you so much for your endless prayers, for your love, for your support. And please keep praying because I believe that when you pray, when two or more are gathered in his name, he always are there and he always move. And there is another testimony uh, I would like to share with you guys um, of a group of um, Taliban somewhere in Afghanistan. They had encountered uh, with God's angel, which led them to Christ. And these are, I cannot share more details right now about this, but there are about eight uh, of these men who had encounter with God's angel and, and they surrendered their weapons and whatever they were carrying and they wanted to know about Christ too. And and uh, uh, there is another story uh, which I received from the our very personal, very uh, like close to my heart 
brother in Christ, uh, his last video message before he got executed. Um, and he was an underground pastor. And um, he and his wife, they stayed in Pakistan, uh, they stayed in Afghanistan, and they sent their four months old daughter to a team member and told them to raise her and to tell her about Christ in other country. We might not able to make it. And that's what happened. First, wife was executed, and then uh, later on, this brother in Christ was executed. And while the Taliban, they are knocking on his door, they are screaming at him, they are yelling at him that once this door is open, we will kill you. And this brother in Christ, he is holding this camera, and he recorded this video message. And he said something very special in this, in this video message, which is worth sharing. And he said, as the Taliban are knocking, as the death is standing at his door, and he is saying in this camera to all of us, I stayed faithful to my last breath with Christ. I am ready to receive my crown in very few minutes. Are you, who are listening to me, who are watching me, are you ready to receive your crown? Are you faithful with him? And then he dropped the phone and he sent the video and then later we found out that he was executed. We living in this blessed, this prosperous country, we have so much here. God has blessed America with so many great blessings. While people in Afghanistan and in other third world are suffering, I just want to tell you that in your personal walk, in your spiritual walk, try to be as faithful as you can with Christ because he loves us so much. And there has been people in the other world who have been dying just because they love him. And here we have the freedom to share his word, to, to share the gospel. But are we using that opportunity? Are we using that resources we have? I'm very grateful to Rest Life, Pastor Dwayne, Pastor Bernie, and all the team, all church, for loving these people like your own family. Because we, when we reach out to them, when we, when we see them, because they have this mindset, this concept in their hearts, in their minds, that every American hates them, and they are forsaken by everyone. But when the church stands, it gives us opportunity to share the truth with them, that how loved, how valued, how important they are to Christ and to his church. So thank you. Thank you so much. So one last um, testimony in my heart regarding the sermon tonight. Um, another underground pastor somewhere in Afghanistan is sharing the gospel from last three years. And his wife was a female activist. She was fighting for the rights of the Afghani people. And three weeks ago, uh, while she was protesting in Kabul, 
Taliban executed her very brutally and then sent some of, some of her body parts to the husband. And the commander who gave this order, who sent these body parts to the husband, after he did that, he couldn't sleep. He was hearing voices, hallucinations. He couldn't sleep, he couldn't, he couldn't eat, he couldn't talk with people. So when he reached out to the higher authorities, they sent him for what they call dumb. Basically, dumb is a process in which they refine you through magic, through, through some blood. And they did that on him, but he couldn't stop hearing these voices and couldn't stop seeing these pictures. And then he had this dream that he should go to that man who he sent these body parts and he will help. So this commander, he found this underground pastor and he knocked on his door. And this is what he said. He said, I am the one who killed your wife. I am the one who behead her and I am the one who sent her head to you. And this is what's going on with me. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't talk with anyone. I am just keep hearing these voices. Can you help me? And the pastor, his response, he brought him inside his home. And he made him sit. And he cried to God. He said to God, Father, forgive him. He did mistake. Lord, if I pleased you ever in my life, for that sake, you forgive my brother. Because I forgive him. Yeah, he killed my wife. I forgive him. And I want you, Lord, that you will forgive him too. And then he, then he prepared a big feast for him, feed him, kept him, kept him in his home for seven days, loved him like Jesus loves the church. And seven days later, this commander for one of the known tribe, he received Jesus as personal savior. Wow. And they both are hiding from last few days. But his hallucination stopped. And he feel he had this vision after the pastor prayed for him that he is sitting in the stub and someone is pouring blood on, on him. And he said that I feel like some burden has been lifted up. So thank you for, for praying, because when you pray, I will again say, God moves. Thank you. Thank you. So as, as Wise discussed there, it was a, a real 21st century example of Stephen and, and Saul all over again. And 
the question is, this man who committed these heinous acts and this man who killed this, this, this commander who killed this man's wife, when he, when he came to this man, this man received him and shared the love of Jesus with him. And when this man prayed and asked God to forgive him, God forgave him. And today, both of them, both the one who lost his wife and the one who killed his wife, they're brothers now. They're brothers in Christ. Only God can do things like that. That is, so, that is nothing beyond absolute miraculous. But that same miracle can happen right here, right now, because no matter where you are and no matter what you've done, that same forgiveness, I highly doubt you've ever killed anyone in cold blood. But even if you had, you could be forgiven. All it takes is, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. So you can't do anything bad enough to keep you out of heaven, but you can't do anything good enough to get in. That's the, that's the, the conundrum of salvation. You can't do anything bad enough to keep you out, but you also can't do anything good enough to get you in. It's only one way in. Jesus said, I am the door. No, man, no, no person comes to the Father except through me, the door. That's Jesus. There's no other way. No matter who says there's another way, they're wrong. Because Jesus said, I am the only way, and he's right. So today, if, if that's you, no matter where you are, if that's you, and you say, I want to recommit without reserve. That's the word that the Lord spoke to me before the, while the service was going on. When, when some one of them, if it was Ricky or Josh, somebody said, what's the word? Get quiet. What's the word? The word that God spoke to me was, he wants our hearts without reserve. Not holding anything back. Don't reserve anything for the shadows. Don't reserve anything for the kingdom of darkness. Don't, don't hold anything back. He wants your heart without reserve. That's what he wants today. He wants your whole heart, all in, 100%. That's what he's looking for today. See, it's, he says, if anybody comes to follow me and he keeps looking back, he's not gonna be fit for service. He wants your whole heart without reserve, all in. If that's you today and you say, I want to recommit, I want to commit or recommit my life 100%, no reserve, all in. If that's you, I want you to boldly lift your hand right now and we're going to pray a prayer. I want to be all in, 100%, no reserve, that's me, absolutely. And you online, hit the, hit the raise your hand button and uh, we'll, we're going to pray with you too because I know there's a whole bunch of you out there and I, we love you all. But let's all pray together. Let's all pray this, prayer, this simple prayer with us. Let's say, Lord Jesus. Say it with me like you mean it. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. You died naked on a cross. You took my shame so I am unashamed of you. 
I follow you. I choose to give you my heart, my life, 100%, without reserve, all in. I ask you to forgive me, and I give you my life. I thank you that you receive me, that you love me, that you have a great plan for me. In Jesus' name, amen.